Welcome to Season 2, Episode 10 of Ordinary People, Extraordinary God, Conversations for the Soul with Janelle LaRue and Friends. Hey, so today I am here with my sister with like five A's afterwards, Yamal Tutil. I call her Mal. Sister, (laughs) listen, y'all, I am eating a chocolate chip cookie. (laughs) <laughs> she got me out here eating cookies to have this conversation. I don't have you out here eating cookies. You came. <laughs> no, I did. I'm you like, came for cookies. I did. I was like, sis, can I come over? Can I get some insomnia cookies? And she was like, yeah. I'm like, she's like, matter of fact, bring your schoolwork too, because both of us are also in school together. So I was like, thank you, accountability partner. Hey, and then, Yeah, and then we just said, we're like, oh, wait, we got to record. <laughs> we got to have this conversation. So there was a reason why I had to come today. Yeah, and you know what's crazy is we've been trying, I've been trying to do this with you for like a year. A year, a whole year. Actually, more like two. Yeah, and a cookie brought this. And a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> so now I want to ask you, when did you know that God was real? Ooh, you're just going to go into it like that? Yeah, I mean... Wow. It's been, we've been trying to do this for a while, so might as well just go into it. And we've had conversation about this in the car where I felt like when I talked about it, I was like, yo, that's deep. <laughs> now I feel like what I'm going to say may not be as deep, but <laughs> it's going to be deep either way because each of us have a story. Yeah. And in my story, in sharing my story, clearly God has shown up in, in my story and where I'm at today. Yeah. So I guess I could, you know, go back by introducing myself to your uh, listeners. Mm -hmm. Hi, listeners. How y'all doing? (laughs) Um, So my story, it's it's a long one. So I'm going to give y'all the SparkNote version of it. Um, Spark Notes. Spark Notes. Yeah. (laughs) Spark Notes, Clip Notes. (laughs) Yes, they they still exist, right? They do. Okay. Because people were trying to use them when we were reading Shakespeare in high school. And I was like, listen, Shakespeare was a black man. Okay. The way he wrote... The way he Ooh. wrote, mm, I was like, Macbeth, woo! <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> let me get back to my story. <laughs> um, so, as my sister here said, my full name is Nyamal, I go by Mal, and I am a South Sudanese, Ethiopian, American woman. Mm. Yeah. There's a lot of complexity in my identities, but I fully embrace all of them now. And learn to embrace all of them. So um, I am a survivor of war. I am a survivor of not only physical war, but mental war, race war, all of these shenanigans, right? But in terms of the physical war, um, I, in 1991, I was born in a refugee, I was born in a city in a bordering country uh, uh, in Gambela, Ethiopia. It bordered South Sudan and Ethiopia. Mm. Then Sudan. I know it was that close. Yeah, very close. Very, very close. Um, you can literally, like, walk to South Sudan. <clears throat> yeah, so that's how my parents walked from Sudan during the first, uh, the second Sudanese Civil War to Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. And that's how we became Ethiopians. Um, and then in 91, a war happened. And I, um, my family and I walked to Sudan in 91. I was six years old. And then a year later, we walked back to Ethiopia at the age of seven. So during that migration period, especially in 91, I saw things um, that no human being should see, let alone a child. Mm. 
So, and I think for me, and during that time as I reflect, oh, God showed up. God showed up in so many ways because we did not know if we were going to survive. Mm-hmm. We did not know if we were going to eat. But we always found food at the end of the day. We always found a tree that was just perfect for shelter, right? Mm-hmm. It was just like, all right, there's this big tree. And we're like, wow, the shading is so perfect. Um, wow. And then being a, being a child and not understanding that and not having... Having my guardians, uh, family members, but they were in survival mode. So they did not have time to explain to us what was going on. It was just like, all right, war, let's go. Mm. Yeah. And as I reflect back in the professional settings that I was with, and you know the story of when I was trying to go home last year, right? Mm -hmm. And the particular... Uh, employer that I was working for was giving me a hard time. And I was just like, well, in that case, then deuces, I'm going to quit, right? Because they're like, what would happen if they didn't give you the time off? I'm like, well, so be it. I'm going to quit. And they're right. like, you would just quit like that? I was like, listen, I walked from Ethiopia to Sudan and God got Come me. Come on. Okay? Come on. <laughs> so y'all think <laughs> this here, your pennies that you give me is, is going to be significant when my God is bigger than this? Like, yeah. So um, it's... Wow. So Yeah. I think that was the first time uh, for me to really recognize that. And I grew up in Christianity too, right? I grew up a seven-day Adventist and my mom is a deaconess. I know, right? I did not know that. Say what? I didn't tell you. There's so much I don't know about you. Man, so I grew up in Adventist. Didn't know. Yep. So Sabbath was Friday, sunset until sunset, Saturday. You didn't do nothing. I think even some part of me now feel guilty when I'm doing things on Friday. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, ooh, Sabbath. <laughs> shouldn't I be need do- a rest. I need a rest. I shouldn't be doing this, right? <laughs> shouldn't be partaking into this, you know, Jesus water. <laughs> but then I'd be like, hey, Jesus did turn water into Boom. wine at the sure wedding. Did. So it all, all belongs to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but you grew up um, Christian. Yep, I grew up Christian. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, and for me, church was everything when I was young, right? And when we were in Ethiopia in particular, when we were in, e- in Addis, Addis Ababa, capital of Ethiopia. Yes, Google it. Um, <laughs> our listeners are going to be like, yo, this episode. <laughs> um Church was everything, right? Church was like the center of everything. Um, yeah. and, and we used to do drama. We would learn one hymn in four different languages. What? Yes, honey. We would learn a hymn in Nuer. We would learn it in Amharic. We would learn it in Swahili. We would learn it in Arabic for the next Sabbath service. Wow. So we were very active. And, you know, we learned music. I'm an alto. I'm like, hey, you know, learn my placement. So it was it was really good. So like if you miss church, I would cry. That was kind of yeah. If I wow. miss church, I would cry. It was that, and then of course you got to wear your best clothes too, right? Yeah. Yep. Ah oh, man, and of course I don't know if you guys had this. Those of you that worship on on Saturday, Saturday. Sunday, yeah. I don't know if you put your children through the whole process of wearing the white stocking mm. or wearing the socks or the ruffles. I opted for the socks with the ruffles because I couldn't do the stockings. Girl, I refused. We had thick stockings, <laughs> thick white stockings. And and I had to wear the socks with the ruffles. My mom was what? like, not you doubled? My mother, God rest her soul. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. She doubled you up. 
doubled me up. No. I fainted once because she had me garbed up so much <laughs> between the stockings, the socks, the undershirt, the under, what was the thing? A slip. Yep. And then you had to put your clothes on. on <laughs> I'm telling you. Hot. But yeah. Yeah, so I opted out for the socks with the ruffles, but with oh long skirts. Gosh. With long skirts. So cute. I, I can't like, wait. I want to see some pictures. I was like, oh my gosh, I couldn't do this, right? But for me, church then was like, it was community. It was where mm. you had your people. And it was teaching in my language. And there wasn't a color to God. But then when we came to the U.S., uh, I we were resettled, so we came here through the refugee program, and we were resettled in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We were welcome. Like that's when in '96, that's when America was very welcoming to immigrants, to refugees, mm-hmm. right? Even though we were resettled in a predominantly white community, we were welcome. That's beautiful. And um, our church family welcomed us. White church still continue going to church, but church was different. Even mm-hmm. though everything in terms of, like, the structure was the same. Like, you knew Sabbath school started at 9.30 until, like, 10.45 and then 10.45 to 11. Mm-hmm. It's, you sing hymn and then main service starts at 11. And the main service, of course, you have, like, children's story. You have, you know, so there is a system to the Adventist um, Sabbath. So regardless of anywhere in the world you go, you it's know the, the routine. There's a routine. Mm-hmm. And not until I started combating racism and colorism and really being woke to this race uh, relation and my new identity of being a black American woman in this country and having to teach myself about the legacy of slavery and all Mm. of these things. And Mm -hmm. then I found out that the Adventist church had a white and a black conference. So that was very difficult for me. Are you serious? Yes. That was very difficult for me to like grasp my head around why do we have different conferences? Like yeah. Yes. Why can't we just have an Adventist conference? Because church in Ethiopia was one of the largest churches we used. I used to love to go to was so diverse. We had Africans, we had white, we had Asian. Everybody that was an Adventist was there. Mm-hmm. So I went to a diverse church, and we are taught about diversity. And my childhood friend her older sister got married to like uh i think a puerto rican guy maybe but a central american guy and the family was okay with it because he was an adventist so that's Mm. how diverse we were but yeah so for me it was just kind of as i started to really see the the race in everything even in religion that's when i really started researching religion Mm. versus spirituality Mm -hmm. Right. And okay. then okay. I had conversations with my late grandmother and she was never baptized. Mm. My late grandmother was never baptized, um, but she knows Jesus. And she, I was actually rewatching some videos of her the other day. And she was like, oh, you know, Jesus going to know this and he's going to know that. And in my language, God, the word for God is kut. Mm. K-U-O-T-H. Kut. Kut, yep. And so that means God. So we had a word for God before even the missionary came to mm-hmm. our land. And then we have different ways of calling God. Kunyal uh, is the God, God of heaven. When you say Kunyal, Nyal is heaven. And then there's different gods that are attributed to different parts. And then we also refer to God as father. We also refer to God as grandfather. 
you know, so really giving it those attributes of an elder. Mm. Uh, so I started listening to my grandmother and her stories uh, of how she identified gods and how she relates to God yeah. without her being baptized. And I was like, huh, how okay, this work? Yeah. how'd this work, right? But then she also honor our ancestors, right? Ah, so okay. I'm like, okay. But how does this work? How does this work? <laughs> Both saying. So, so wow. yeah, I remember one time I had a conversation with her, and I was like, "Oh, I ain't gonna have no children." She was like, "Oh, you stupid child! I'm gonna go and converse with the ancestors. They will not listen to you. You were meant to reproduce and birth nations." Um, so she literally didn't talk to me for a month. Stop. <laughs> And then when she talked to me, she's like, I spoken to God. I spoke to the ancestors. They did not listen to you. That's you're, right. You're That's a, right. She's like, you're just a stupid child. <laughs> <laughs> but she, she's merging these worlds mm-hmm. that are often separate. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So your grandmother, it sounds like she had a big part in your spiritual growth. Yes. And understanding more outside of being a seven-day Adventist. Mm-hmm. There's now these ancestors mm-hmm. and these, I guess, deities in yeah. a way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But how has that shaped your current spiritual journey? So what had happened was <laughs> <laughs> there's so many there's so many layers to my spiritual growth. Um, in undergrad, I took a religion class, mm-hmm. and so I, I, we study all the religions, and the professor equally. Criticized the religion, equally praised mm. them. So we didn't even know what he was because he equally praised them and equally criticized them. Mm. Um, and it was so interesting because we had speakers from all the different pa- faith, all the different denominations of the faiths also. Um, mm. And I was so disappointed in the pastor that came into church, that came into our classroom to speak about Christianity, where I'm like, yo, the Wiccans laid it out for us the humanists laid it out like they knew the bible left and right and you out here talking about matthew (laughs) that's it i was like you you what you doing to the christianity faith man (laughs) what you doing (laughs) what you doing i'm like the rabbi did a great job of explaining judaism um so yeah uh that class kind of really Move me a little bit more into my spirituality. At the time I also had locks, and people used to think I was Rastafarian. So I, which would make sense because you were from Ethiopia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I also did. I did my research paper. We had to do an end of term research paper. I did my research paper on the Rasta religion, where he was like, "Oh, thank God for writing something different." Oh, oh. <laughs> Everybody's always writing about Christianity, Islam, and you know Judaism and all of this stuff. I was like, "No, you know." Thought I'd look into other. Um, Practices that are being mostly practiced by uh, people of color, people from the African continent that were just dropped off in different parts of the world. Yeah. Um, ooh, ooh, that's a word. Yeah. Because you wonder where Santeria came from. Okay. Yoruba. Mm-hmm. But that's another conversation for I another know. day. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so beautiful to see people practicing when I went to Cuba. It, yes. Oh. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. We will be back with that episode, y'all. But when I I just kind of left Christianity altogether, I didn't practice anything for a long time. But I would always have conversation with God. 
Mm. And so my problem became with the imagery of Jesus being blue eyed, blonde hair, um, and then looking to social issues like skin bleaching in the African continent and even here in America, right? People bleaching themselves. So I. Caribbean, mm -hmm. Jamaica, they do that a lot. And when I was younger, uh, you know, aunties used to be like, oh, you would only be so much prettier if you bleach. Really? Listen, that's another episode. I'm surprised, but Mm -hmm. that they would say that to you. There. Here. Oh, it was here? No, it was here when we came here. What? Yeah, when we came here. I had aunties buying me bleaching cream. What? Listen, the struggle. Oh, my gosh. So you left Christianity altogether and Mm -hmm. just said, you know, I need a break. I said, I need a break. But during that time, I still talked to God. Yeah. I still talked to my father and all those ancestors that I know. And... It's interesting because it wasn't prayer because I even let go of prayer, but I just talked. Yeah. I would go on walks and literally talk to myself. But then I was like, am I crazy? No. No. <laughs> literally. No. I, I would have full on conversations and I'm just like, I don't know what I'm doing, but okay. Let it be. Um, and I was going through a lot of turmoil in my life. Uh, I didn't know where I was. I was going through the identity piece mm-hmm. uh, of, and then at, some point, I, I'm sure I was clinically depressed, and I just didn't know it. Mm. Because it was just like, we came here, we never processed our trauma of right. war, and then we got thrown into this American life of, you know, as refugees, you only get three months worth of funding, federal funding. Three months. Twelve weeks. Yep, three months, 90 days. And then you it just... It takes longer for a baby to cook. Listen. Wow. Yeah, so... I didn't know it was just three months. Three months. And then after that three months, uh, the, the adults in the family have to find jobs, and then the children go to school. So for us, my mom went and worked in a meatpacking company, and then I just started taking care of my siblings at the age of 10. So mm. I was the parent... You're the oldest. I'm the oldest, yeah. Okay. Yep, so that came with everything. Um, so I took a non-paid sabbatical. <laughs> I call it a sabbatical, but I was just like, you know, forget life. I'm going to go do a self-discovery journey. And uh, my cousin had a place in New York at the time. And I was like, oh, sis, I'm going to come through and house it. She's like, house it? I was like, yeah, white people do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she was like, oh, that's just, what they call it. House that's it. What, yep, house it. I didn't know that was a thing. It's a thing. See, okay. if you were to leave, you won't need me to water the plant. You know, just keep I the house. Set me a couple times before. Yeah. I'll just I have the key. Yep. And they'll say, you know, just go in. You yep. can sit there and make yourself something to eat. Yep. So that's what that is. Yep. It's house sitting. You know what? <laughs> in Love Joan. Yes. Nina was house. She was house sitting. <laughs> <laughs> that's how she met Darius. Yes. Love yes. House how she met him. Uh huh. Let me go house it. Okay. <laughs> Let us go house it. So, so I house it. I house it. In New York. Okay. And uh, for me, that was 2009. And that was the first time I ever felt like I was in Africa when I was in Harlem. What? Woo, child. Harlem was the closest to I felt to being in Africa, just seeing our people. I grew up in South Dakota. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I would never. Yeah, wow. South Dakota. And there was some point of my life where I was just like, I can't consume this media anymore. So I started watching like Nigerian movies and I started watching like Bollywood. And then I had issues with Bollywood and colorism. But in all of those time, I always felt that there was something always happened that just shifts me to the right direction. 
and even when I talk to mm-hmm. educators and, and, and other professionals, when I do my speaking engagement, it's like, there's always been somebody that played a role in my life. And so mm. for me, that was God showing up in the form of, uh, in this realm of letting me know, guiding me through all of these identities that I was graveling with, different things that I was graveling with, being a young woman, being an... And I'm a rebel, right? I'm a rebel in my family. I've always taken the less travel road. So even mm. me being where I'm at right now and not going the traditional route of choosing marriage and family, which there's nothing wrong with that. If that is your design assignment, your purpose, that's yeah. you. But And timing, your, that might have been your timing. It's just not my time now. Right. Mm. That wasn't my time. So, um, so God always showed up in my life in a different aspect, right? And for me, I also pay attention to my dreams, right? Mm. I remember when I was 16, and I would say this is how God showed up in the form of message from my father, where every time I have a dream and my father appears and my grandmother appears now, I take those dreams very seriously. And when I was 16, I remember I had a dream, and it was a reoccurring dream for a whole month of me getting... So I was in a car in my dream, and my car was gunned down. Like, my, there were so many bullet holes in my car. And, like, I was laying on the ground, and I can see myself laying on the ground. And I heard my father's voice. What are you doing here? Get up. I didn't see my father, but I heard you his heard voice. Him. This dream reoccurred for a whole month. And then I got into a car accident on the same street where my axle was completely broken. It was on an icy day. And if I would have had a passenger, that passenger would have been injured oh critically. God. And I walked out of that car, not a scratch. Mm. Not a scratch. At the age of 16, I was going to pick up my mom from work. I can't believe it. So I was like, and wow. this is me even processing it now and saying God showed up in that way. Because I'm wow. just like... That is, wow. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Through the dream, though. Yep. And then in real life. In real life. It was life. almost like a premonition. Yeah. Yeah. That's deep. Yeah. That's deep. So, like, you, and this was during, that when that happened, that was during the time where you were like, I'm yeah. breaking. Yep. I was like, forget Christianity. I did not go to church. My mom went to church. Every now and then, because I missed the community, I would go. Mm-hmm. But just for the community, right? Yeah. Just to fellowship with like-minded people. But I did not partake in the all of like, okay, whatever. I'm yeah. just like, oh, I'm here. You know, I sang the hymn. Um, but then when I, and I started looking to Buddhism. And so I started uh-huh. looking into African spirituality. So currently I'm a practice Buddhist. Uh-uh. Yes, I know, right? <laughs> and I remember when I first moved to Philadelphia, mm-hmm. um, like, I came here for grad school. And so I just moved into my apartment in Glenside. My door was open. Like, my door, I didn't lock my door. Like, the latch wasn't on. And there was an older lady that, you know, just knocked. And then she opened the door because it was open. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought this was my friend apartment. I was like, no. She's probably on the other side of the hallway. She's like, oh, okay. And she's like, oh, here's a card for you. Like, we always have meeting. I was like, okay, what is this card? And so um, I was like, okay, so I, I, I just completely forgot about it. And then a year later, there was an older woman that lived, the same friend that that older woman was coming in actually lives on the other side of the, the hallway from me. 
we met downstairs. She was wearing this beautiful African print. She's an older auntie. I was like, yes, auntie, where you going? You looking fly. So auntie can be anybody. Yes. Auntie is an older woman. Yep, an elder. Yeah. Because uh, unless, like, they're a grandmother age, then I'll call them grandma, right? So I was like, auntie, Mm -hmm. yes, you looking fly. Where are you going? She's like, I'm going to the community center. I'm like, community center? Okay. She's like... I'll talk to you about it. And so she's like, I'm a Buddhist. I'm like, oh, you're a Buddhist, right? So I'm practicing SGI Buddhism, which is Soko Gaka. And so what her friend did a year prior was called Shakabuku, which you're introducing somebody to the faith. Um, and so uh, Ms. Vicky then came to my apartment and explained to me what uh, uh, SGI Buddhism is mm-hmm. and what are their practices. She invited me to a meeting, an introduction meeting to Buddhism. I was like, huh? Wow. Okay, so I went to an introduction meeting and I was like, okay, this is, I, I already know some of this. It's just that I don't know this particular branch of Buddhism because they are different uh, denomination of Buddhism, like how Christianity is. And uh, several months later, I was like, okay, you know what? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a member. Yeah. Wow. And my little sister always said, wow. you are the Buddhas in the family because just the way that you live your life. Because she's like, it's in your lifestyle, right? You're not... Yeah, when I was younger, I used to be a person that caused conflict and things like that. But as I've grown older, I've realized what it means to live in harmony with others. And that also came with me going back to my indigenous way of living as an indigenous woman uh, from the African continent. And even just speaking to you now, too, I've just realized that I used to work with a Native American tribe in Nebraska called the Ponca tribe in Nebraska, and that's my people, right? And I Mm -hmm. had sisters from different, um, and elders from different tribes. Uh, One of my sisters... She's from the Omaha tribe, and one of the elders, uh, she's from the Omaha tribe, Elder Renee. I remember I was in a state of, there was just a lot of things going on in my life during that moment, and I just felt like I needed an elder to intervene between me and the creator. Mm. And so I went to her, I just went into her office, I'm like... I'm going through a lot right now. <laughs> I'm just like all over the place. I'm going through a lot. Like, come yeah. get me. I'm like, so what do I do, right? She was like, well, so in our culture, you have to go get tobacco and offer it to the elder. And then the elder will go and, you know, offer that tobacco to Mother Earth. Mm. And then convene on your behalf. Uh, and so I was like, okay. So I went and got tobacco, <laughs> offered it to her. And I don't know what she did, but like in that space of my life, I was in a a state of chaos mentally. Physically, my environment may not be in chaos, but there was a lot of... I was re-triggered a lot. Mm. Uh, but Are you kind of going back and forth between New York and South Dakota at this point? Or no, I moved to Nebraska. Oh, you're in Nebraska now. Yeah. Okay. See, so what had happened was my story is <laughs> not in chronological order because people that, as you know, people that have experienced trauma, our story, we do not... It's not, our, it's not linear. It's not linear. Mm-hmm. And we do not tell it in a linear process because mm-hmm. we just go all over the place. Right. So, viewers, if y'all got questions, mm-hmm. listeners, mm-hmm. if y'all got questions, mm-hmm. let mm-hmm. us know. Uh, we will answer them. Maybe part two. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, God has showed up in my life. I think if God was not in my life, I would not be where I'm at today. So, as a Buddhist, do you call God God? Yes. Really? Yeah. I never knew 
that. So for me, I'm a Eunice. I'm a unique Buddhist, right? You're so you a Eunice? A Eunice. I'm a unique Buddhist. I'm a Eunice. I'm a Eunice Buddhist. No. I'm a Eunice Buddhist. So I'm a unique Buddhist in way that I combine Buddhism um, with my African spirituality. So I've. What? So I've I've created. Didn't think about that. Listen, you blowing my mind right now. Listen, I'm over here like everything started in Africa. So, and I also even questioned this brand of Buddhism that I'm practicing because it originated in Japan, right? And a lot of the examples that we use here are Japanese center. And I'm like, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, <laughs> you know? So, um, and so for me, I even questioned that. And I remember I had a conversation with a brother, a colleague of mine, and he's Kenyan and he's practicing the same Buddhism. And he's the only person in his family that's practicing Buddhism, wow. where his mom is also beating Christianity into him. Uh, and he was just like, it's not about where it started, but it's about the principles and the practice. Yeah. So for me, I take the good that I find in this form of Nichiren Buddhism is Nichiren Buddhism that I'm practicing. Mm -hmm. And then I add my African spirituality and honoring my ancestors in it. Mm -hmm. And even in the morning when I get up, like um, I pour libation before anything touches my mouth. Mm. And I honor my ancestors. I I call God into my space, into what I'm doing. For me, that's my prayer in the morning. Mm. That's my meditation. And and just thinking, right? I'm like, yo, my life started in a refugee camp. And I'm out here right now, a whole professor doing a PhD, mm. doing a, you know, a PhD program, you know, working. And, and I'm still alive. I'm breathing. Um, With an amazing personality and so, spirit. You're extremely charming. Thank you. Thank you, you. Like you are a magnet for everything good. Thank you. Everything good. Thank you. No. I mean, if you, it, when that, we go out, it's like you just attract all the good things. No, let that attract that good man. <laughs> <laughs> we got to go house it. <laughs> like Nina did. Okay. <laughs> Nina, if you're hearing our sister. What is that? Nia Long? Nia Long. Nia Long. <laughs> Tell us. <laughs> Tell us of your ways. Mm-hmm. Tell us your ways, sister. Yeah. But for me, cool. if God didn't show up in my life, I would not be where I'm at today. Mm. Because so many people have perished that are in my life. Those that I've known, those that I don't know, mm. you know, those perished when I was six years old during the walk. People. Wow. Mm-hmm. Those, um, you know, people like I remember I, when we first came to the U.S., um, there were two South Sudanese young men that we did the whole elementary school together, us learning how to, learning English and all that stuff. They are no longer here. One um, died in a car accident and the other one succumbed to um, substance abuse, you know. And, wow. And so for me, it's just like, yo, I'm, I'm about to be 35 and I've had, I've experienced loss. And it's interesting too, right? When people say... And especially during this coronavirus time where we're losing a lot of people and we're experiencing death. And if I hadn't gone through the Christian, if I haven't left Christianity way of thinking and moved into Buddhism and African spirituality, I think I would have lost my mind because 
I'm not only losing people through a virus, I'm also losing family members and community members and country members back home to war, famine, all of that good stuff, and mm. a pandemic. So there was a period in time where it was just like every week, oh, this person died, that person died, oh, we're losing this person and that. And mm. But through my practice and knowing that energy doesn't die, mm. it's just a physical vessel that is gone, but the person energy does not die. It's the only way I'm getting through all of this stuff right now. Because I'm like, all right, I'm going to miss the physical being, but their energy is here. Yeah. You know, and whether they use their energy for good, their energy is always going to be here and always making sure that, all right, I send light to that energy and and pray, you know, meditate for that energy. Um, so, yeah. Mm. Wow. I think about that. As you're talking about it, I started thinking about this is the anniversary of my mother's passing. Mm. And she died in this house. Mm. Um, and I got up this morning and I lit a candle for her. Mm-hmm. And um, I appreciate my Christian upbringing, mm-hmm. but it was my Catholic interaction that really I started to see people lighting candles mm-hmm. for people that were deceased. I really mm-hmm. didn't see that growing up, like in church. Yeah, um, you see it at a wedding. Mm-hmm. You know, it's my light a candle on behalf of someone that was gone. They want them to be there during the the uh, wedding ceremony. Mm-hmm. But anytime I'm missing her or I want to feel her or I have others on my altar, mm-hmm. even just having an altar, mm-hmm. you know, I think in Christianity, Christianity, we do have an altar, but we don't use it in the same way. No. Um, because I, in so many ways, practice African spirituality mm-hmm. as well. And it was something that I struggled with. Mm. Because, Christian, you're not supposed to do that. Mm -hmm. But when you start to think about the Bible, and I'm not a theologian, Mm -hmm. but they did honor and speak about their ancestors. Oh, they did. There was a way that they venerated them. So, let me give you an example. So, like, in my culture, like, my last name, Tudel, is actually my grandfather's first name. My last name is Beal. B-I-E-L, like Jessica yeah, Biel. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's my father's first name. So in my, my people know me as Nyamal Biel. Mm. And then Biel is Biel Tudel. So that's how we keep our family name and our, our family tree. So when I introduce myself in my language, I say, like I am Nyamal Biel. Or I would say, I'm the daughter of Biel Tudel. And mm. Biel Tudel happens to be the son of, uh, Biel happens to be the son of Tudel. So if an elder is asking me, who are your people? I would, be, I would say, I'm the daughter of Biel. And Biel is the son of Tudel. Tudel is the son of Nyon. Nyon is the son of Kjol. And Biblical. Yep. That whole line. <laughs> yes. What was that, in Genesis? Yes. So, you know. But it's there. You know, Jacob, you know. Yes. Moses is the, yeah. Yes. So that's how, that's how we do it at home. It's lineage. So, so we don't have, like, the whole last name concept. Mm. Because the only thing is that the if you get married, the woman keeps her father's name. And the children take their father's name. Oh. Yeah. So my mom still has her father's name. And then we just took our father's name. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense with the exception of the, for us here, we will, well, 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and goes, these days, you know, you be married and I keep my name, you keep your name, but we're married, yeah. you know, on paper. So uh, Western culture is very individual thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we won't get into that. No. That's like so, so no. many other things that we could go off on tangents and talk about it in a robust way. Yeah. But um, I appreciate you sharing your story of identity and um, your spiritual journey mm-hmm. is very interesting. It's still a journey. Yeah. I'm but still it's filled it. with like love and discovery. And that's one thing that I actually, now that you think of it, is full of love. I was never mad at God. Mm. I may question God, why certain things happen and why certain things haven't showed up in my life, but I was never mad. <laughs> Right. I was never mad because I'm just like, why would I be mad? Because I'm still here through all the obstacles. And I think one of the memories of when we were Mm. fleeing in war, it was during the rainy season. And we came to an area where there was so much water, flood water. And I was six years old, mind you. I can't swim. The water was too, too high for me. And so... I had to get on my grandmother's back and float on her back to cross this uh, uh, water. Um, And a lot of children perished during that time. So for me, I'll just be like, if I try to question God and get angry, I'll be like, "Uh uh-uh, no, no, no. There's no need for me to get angry because I could have perished in that water. Right. Right. And you kept me. Mm Mm-hmm. And my family. Yep. Mm. And still keeping me. And showing up. So, yeah. So, I've never had any anger, right? And, and it's, this is my first time, like, actually expressing it out loud that I, I was never angry at God for anything that happened to me. Mm. Because I know that a lot of us, I had to experience a lot of it to be the woman I am today. Right. Yeah. No, I feel you. I feel you. Wow. Well, thank you for that. Um I do want to ask you one last question. Okay. For those who are, I think there are probably a lot of people who are similar to you. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like moving from one, it could be in one denomination to mm-hmm. another, one religion to another, um, figuring out how to create their, their own spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. Like what would you say to people who may be questioning or... Just trying to figure things out in their own spiritual life. Like, what would you say to them about getting in touch and getting engaged in or getting connected to God as a higher being and having that relationship? I would say question. Questions are healthy. Mm. Conflict is healthy, right? So I'm in conflict resolution. I'm in conflict resolution. And often people think of conflict as something negative. Right. Conflict is healthy. Healthy conflict is good. And you as a person, if you do not question, then how are you going to grow? Right. Especially in this world where a lot of us now do get a lot of fed information. We do not do the work for ourselves. So I would Mm. say do the work for yourself Mm -hmm. and be private about it until you have figured it out. Mm. Because if you're out here like, oh, hey, mom. Yeah, you know, until today, my mom does not know I left Christianity. Okay. 
Wow. She does not know I left Christianity. I mean, it is, it's personal. Yeah, it's it is personal. a personal thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. even when I told my best friend, she like, what? You left Jesus? I was like, yeah, yeah girl. A homeboy. I mean, like, not like totally. Yeah, totally. I was like, well, I was like, listen, Jesus is an ancestor. He's just, <laughs> he's not my direct ancestor, but I still call on him. Okay. I call, yes, I still, okay. I'll be like, hey, Jesus. That's remember? even a different way of looking at yeah, it. Yeah, I still call on, it's just wow. Jesus is not my direct ancestor, but he is an ancestor. Or, mm. And even attributing a, a, a masculine. Like a, as a deity. Yeah, a, yeah, as a deity. Because in the newer culture in the newer people so that's my people the newer people n-u-e-r if you want to research we have a prophet a prophet that came in the 19th century his name is wundang wundang mm. yes and he came and said i'm a messenger i'm not god but i'm a messenger or god and actually prophesied a lot of stuff that are happening in south sudan and my grandmother also referred to him and my grandmother often recite uh some of his teaching and some of his stories and he brought these prophecies in, in, in the song format. He sang mm-hmm. them out. Hmm. And so he's, he's basically been looked at as my people, like how Jesus was like, he is a witch doctor and this and that. So it's only now that people are beginning to actually acknowledge him as mm. a messenger mm-hmm. that was us. So I even honor him. Like, I don't know much. I'm researching a lot more now. Where before I used to be very afraid, but I'm just like, wait, Wundang is my ancestor. Yeah. So Jesus, you know, like, where is the conflict here? And it makes you think about mm. how God, how God uses people. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So Any, anybody and at that exactly but how God uses people, and He definitely sends His prophets and His mm-hmm. messengers to tell us what is coming. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's not just. The world is so big that we just can't have one person. Yeah. Everybody has to have their messenger mm-hmm. in their language. Mm. Right? That's so, interesting. That's yeah. Interesting. So do the work for yourself. Research. And there are a lot of people out there, especially in the African in the African spirituality world. You know, uh, if I know a lot of people are researching like uh, the Yoruba faith, right? Yes. There's going to be a lot of scammers out there that are trying to be Baba Laos. No, Girl, they are hitting me up on Instagram, and no. I'm like, absolutely black, not. Black, black, black. Black, 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 black. Yeah, so do your work and do it in private. And, and, and by private, if you have like-minded people that you could share with, go ahead, share that, because we, you do need a community in, in that yeah. way. Um but until you're confident in who you are and your spirituality, it's a personal, it's a personal growth. It's personal relationship. It's, it's your work. It's, yeah. it's not meant for everybody to be a part of it. Yeah. And when you're in that place where you could say, you know what, I am comfortable. I can speak about it. I could share my testimony of how God showed up. I could share my testimony of the work that I have done because it is hard. Yeah. Just like how physical relationships are with your friends, your spouse, this relationship with God, Listen, it's work. Because he'd be like, I just I just recorded an episode where I talked about it. He will let you know you're not done. Nope, not today. There's more work for you to do mm-hmm. on yourself. Not just for other people, but for yourself. Yep. You didn't do that right. Come on back. And you're like, but I thought I was finished. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was done. Like, He's like... Absolutely not. not. Get back in here. Yeah. 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 So thank you, Mal. 
Thank you, Thank sister. Yo, I had two cookies. But it's it was a so baby good. cookie left right now. Don't worry. <laughs> We're going to eat it. Yeah, I don't know. But, but I appreciate you for doing this and having this conversation because I feel that it's only through conversations like this that we can start to truly speak. Yeah. And being in America, that's one thing I even tell my coworkers. I'm like, Americans, you guys are so sensitive around so many things. Mm. Especially when it comes to religion and politics. Those two things you guys don't want to talk about. But as an African, those are the two things that we talk about first. All the time. <laughs> you know that. All the time. That's where you'll know people's true self. So having conversations. I've had so many conversations with my friends after I did my walk and my own person. Where now I could be like, you know, even me sharing with my best friend. And I'm like, oh, hey, I'm a Buddhist. You know, you love Jesus. I was like, yeah, I'm like, let me tell you why. So we actually had a conversation, the difference between prayer and chanting. Mm. And so I'm like, I'm chanting and in chanting, that's my prayer. That's my new added prayer where I can actually meditate and center. I was not able to do that with the prayer before because with the Christianity prayer, it was difficult for me because I have two languages. Mm. Right. Okay. Like when I would pray in English, it would be very shallow to me. But then when I would pray in my language, mm. that's when I can get deep. Yeah. So I'm like, now I've just added chanting to it mm. to center me and to really get me in a space where I can really fully be in that trance of Ooh. being with God and Ooh. communing with God. And then having my ancestors around. Ooh. Oh, me okay. Up. We got to come back and do this again. <laughs> Because it's, that's deep. That is deep. I have other questions. I absolutely have other questions about. This is what we do this. in the car. <laughs> we be like, oh, we're going to record this. We be like, oh, yeah. It has been recorded this time. Yes. Um, but I want to thank you for coming on my baby podcast. Yay. Baby, baby. And um, just, you know, sharing yourself, sharing your story, and um, sharing your journey is super important so as I always say everyone you know I love you so now I'm gonna say I love you okay. uh, I thank God for you and for the folks that are listening I look forward to catching up with you soon thank you for listening and be blessed Bye.